Hello, friend. I'm so grateful that you're here. You're listening to Your Spin Out is Gorgeous, a podcast of communion, a place where we connect within the full spectrum of humanity. My name is Natalie Q, and I'm your host. I'm a mother, a lover, a friend, and your fellow human. What I want to offer you is liberation from the cultural foists, the narratives that are thrust upon us and guide much of our experience here on the planet. I'm with you on your journey of unlearning. What if everyone you knew was pursuing a life of whole self-integration, witnessing and offering thanks for all that they are, warts and all? That's not just self-care, that's true, unconditional self-love. And I want to be there with you as you set your life and all the things that aren't serving you alight. With you as you bravely consider life from another perspective. Let's explore all things humanity without the veneer, together. Life examined, not just the pretty parts. You in? Let's do this. Hello, hello, hello. I am so honored to be back here with you. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Your Spin Out is Gorgeous. And I'm so excited about where my mind and heart and everything else is telling me to pivot with this theme Obviously, the theme of a rock bottom has a lot of places you could take it, very interesting places. And, you know, I think I mentioned this in the episode where um, the microphone (laughs) wasn't turned on, even though I was speaking into it. A bitch dumb forgot to um, set the settings to the microphone. So we had the audio issue a couple episodes ago. And I think I mentioned it there that, you know, I woke up. Tuesday morning, the day the the hell went to handbasket, hell went to handbasket, <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, and I had recorded that episode with Jill Dodd, the founder of Roxy. It was such a great honor to speak with her, and she's a great friend, and I was super excited about the episode, but the stock market crashed that day, the hoarding began, the fear, the panic, and by the time that episode came out of ep- um, editing and went to air on the Sunday, I just went, oh my god, like, this just feels like a lifetime ago that, you know, we were just talking about normal things that we'd experienced f- f- with a sense of normalcy and just the way the world was, right? It's felt like a 10 year span from that Tuesday to Sunday. And so I lost my mojo for a minute because it was like, what do we even care about? What would we even listen to? What would even be helpful? This just doesn't seem like the time. And leaning into that, I thought, you know what I would love to listen to? I would love to listen to different stories of varied people from around the world and what they're seeing, what they're feeling, what they're experiencing. I know a lot of us are probably feeling some, you know, empathy hangover and overload at the thought of our, you know, dear brothers and sisters who are have lost jobs, who have lost family members and lost all sense of, you know, normalcy and schedule and predictability, have lost streams of income, and we're just obviously just aghast at how we're experiencing this, how other people are experiencing this. And then I started to realize there's a set of people for who this is great. And I have known that this is ultimately going to be great, you know, even miraculous on the other side of this, but it's, you know, that doesn't mean it's not fucking shit right now because it is, but, um, it, 
for some people, this is a blessing already. And I'm just living to hear their stories. Someone for who they were maybe on the verge of burnout, but and they weren't going to quit the flow of what they were in. But now, you know, life has forced them to. And it's a the greatest blessing. They're, they've got plenty of money. They've got great insurance. They, they even are able-bodied to help, you know, just like feed me these kinds of stories while at the same time honoring some of the stories of what other people are experiencing. Um, give it to me real, right? It doesn't matter if it's up or down or black or white, just the, the, all the shades, Neapolitan ice cream. <laughs> um, so it, it, with that thinking and ethos, I, thought let's just let's just do it let's just put it together let's just put it out there and see what we get back so I've interviewed some really amazing beautiful people who are going to be featured today we have four guests today and this will be ongoing I guess through however long this is on our minds and hearts and feels relevant to talk about especially through the angle of what can we learn already and if we're talking about it now and what are the themes that are universal that if someone more likely finds this episode in six months or two years or 10 years from now, what are the themes about this great collective moment, spin out, loss, grief, pain, joy, you know, change that we are in right now that are always relevant to growth, a rock bottom, catalysts. A, a change of course that never, you know, wasn't our idea, doesn't tickle, wasn't welcomed, but it's here. And how do we be our best selves through it? So I think these guests definitely illustrate that. And we're going to start off with Julie Bryant Davy, who's coming to us from Kathleen, Georgia. She's a nurse practitioner and the co-founder of A Natural Shift. So she has so much you know, beautiful wisdom about living a healthy lifestyle and what showing up during this pandemic looks like, but also some interesting things to say with, through her work in the field of healthcare. Next, we have Sophia Wiseone. She's the host of Medicine Caller podcast, and she's originally from Philadelphia. And she had such a beautiful, raw vulnerability of her spin out that she was in the middle of right um, as the pandemic started. I said, oh, same here. <laughs> I feel that. And she just got so real and beautiful. And we had a really great riff on this moment and what it means. And then lastly, I had a really great conversation with Emmy Estacio. She's coming to us from the UK and she's an author and had so many interesting things to share um, from on the ground of where she's at and how this is impacting her work and her family and what her thoughts are on on the pandemic and from a really positive angle as well. So lots of real resonant in the trenches shit as well as a lot of uplifting wonderful messages of hope and bravery and strength so i'm so honored to present the show today i hope you enjoy and here's the first guest julie Davis. hi and welcome to the program julie davy hi thank you so much for having me i'm really excited to be here um 
As you said, my name is Julie Davey, and I am a nurse practitioner. I also own a health and wellness business. It's called A Natural Shift, and I do that along with my sister, who happens to be a pharmacist. And uh, we partnered together several years ago um, just to really bring more holistic health uh, to our community. Um, We live, or I live, in the middle Georgia area. So I'm about two hours south of Atlanta. And, you know, during this time, yeah, during this time right now, um, the area that I live in has not been hit too hard in terms of numbers, but I do still practice clinically in healthcare. So I'm still going to the hospital and seeing patients um, only part time right now. But um, yeah, so have yeah, you seen people with the illness in in your work, Julie? Have you has it impacted you to that level or where where you live? Do you have a number of cases? Yeah, we do actually. Um, many of the patients. So I work specifically in a cardiology practice. So um, I'm not necessarily taking care of patients with COVID-19 in terms of treating them for that, but I'm treating them for other heart-related issues. So we have a lot of patients who, yes, you know, have tested positive um, and, you know, they can have some heart issues that go along with it. And also my husband is an anesthetist. And so he's, he's seeing it also. He works at a different hospital than I do, but yeah, it's definitely, we're definitely seeing it. Wow. What's that like? You know, um, just to give you a little context, I am, I mentioned that I'm really into holistic health and I am not one who, um, sure, I believe that there's a place and a time for traditional medicine. I mean, that's really what, you know, the whole beginning of my career was based on. And I'm so thankful that we have it. But I do believe that if we can reach for a natural approach first, then that's the way to go. And so when this all first came out, you know, I, I don't think that any of us really understood the magnitude of it because at first, you know, it was kind of like, okay, it's similar to the flu. You know, it's a virus. I don't personally take um, the flu vaccination and I don't walk around worrying that I'm going to get the flu. Um, I do lots of things to really boost my immune system and take care of my body so that if I am exposed to something, then my body will either fight it off or I'll typically recover pretty quickly. And so in the beginning, that's kind of the way I saw this until, you know, things continue to transpire and we see that it is a lot different than the flu and it's really attacking the respiratory system and it's not sure there are vulnerable populations, you know, older people, people who are immunocompromised, but it's not just those populations. I mean, it's younger people too. So I would just say it's, it's like nothing that we've ever seen before. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. Does it give you any fears when you're there? I know it's not the same as someone who would be working the ER or working, you know, right on the front lines day in and day out in in an urban environment where you're seeing hundreds of cases. And I mean, that just must be terrifying and not to minimize what you are going through. But I mean, for some of us who totally are able to stay home and work from home and might duck out to the grocery store once a week, that is different than being there at work. And there are people who have it. Does it bring up any fears for you? Or what does it feel like for you personally, for your family, for your situation? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I am, I'm really blessed that 
um, I, I don't, not that I don't have fears, don't, don't misunderstand, but I don't tend to, I'm not one of those people that tend to kind of overthink or, or obsess over something, if that makes sense. So I don't, mm-hmm. um, honestly, yes, when I go to work, I mean, I'm very cognizant and aware of, you know, even more precautions than, you know, than we used to be, you know, in terms of hand wash, washing and using our you know, protective equipment and all of that. And, you know, when we come home, when my husband and I come home from work, we take our clothes off in the garage. We go straight to, you know, go straight in the laundry. We go straight to the shower. So, I mean, we're taking, you know, extra precautions. But other than that, I mean, to be quite honest, I don't think about it a lot in terms of of the fear aspect. That's good. Well, you, it's like that, I don't know, not to get all biblical, but if you're prepared, you shall not fear. It's like yeah. you're, you've already boosted your immune system. You've lived a healthy life. You're taking healthy precautions. And in that case, you, you don't need to fear, although some people do, but that I guess speaks to Julie, what are you doing? You've got some kind of strong mental practice where you fortified your brain against that overthinking. Are you a meditator? How did you flex that muscle of your your strength of mind in that way, I guess, to say it. Yeah. Yeah. I I love that question. So um, I definitely rely on my faith a lot. Um, You know, I I have a really good routine uh, that works for me, you know, that I've developed over time. So first thing when I get up in the morning, um, I do my prayer and devotion. I spend about an hour, you know, reading devotions, reading the Bible, praying, uh, journaling um, is something that I've incorporated over the last few years. I do meditation as well. To be quite honest with you, I am trying to work more on that in terms of making it an everyday non-negotiable. I have, I have, you know, tons of other non-negotiables, but I want that to be a non-negotiable as well. And I think my um, my struggle with making that a non-negotiable is I'm I'm very much an achiever, and I, I don't know. Are you familiar with the Enneagram at all? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Lightly, lightly, but yes, familiar. Okay, well, I'm a three on the Enneagram. For any listeners who are familiar with the Enneagram, and the Enneagram three is called the achiever. So we're constantly working, and so to sit and meditate feels like I'm not doing anything, even though I obviously I know that that's not the case all the more reason I need to do it, right? So um, so yeah, I'm incorporating more of that. Obviously, I do lots of things in terms of diet and exercise and, and supplements to boost my immune system. Um, but yeah, I think that the mindset piece really, to me, goes back to being grounded um, in God's Word, um, praying, and, you know, every day. Yeah, that's that's amazing. To me, this experience is the same as as any other event that wants to take our headspace, wants to have us ruminate, wants to have our mind just like careen off the rails in in primal fears, really. Because I mean, it's so weird that how much I can it'll creep in on me, but I'm ultimately not even really that scared of dying. So why is it that like through this moment, like my body feels jarred and all of those things. And so what is so interesting and why I find this so timely and relevant beyond this moment is these are the best practices that in this moment or any other moment of your life, when your parents die, you lose a job, you get divorced, what whatever it is, the, the it's the same 
fortification is what you're doing. And I, I seriously have so much hands up that you can wake up and immediately do that because I'm, I'm not necessarily an achiever, but I have that same feeling of like, it's, it's a little bit in the back of our minds, right? I think it's been so foisted onto us that like constant productivity and achievement and go, go, go that I've had to sit and think really through this, like my feeling that that's indulgent is almost like some kind of weird lack mentality relic where there's not enough time. There's not enough time for me to sit here and actually do what is most important to do. Everything else is just efforting. I heard a great analogy. Like you can get up and go and do all of these things, but it's as if like the toaster wasn't plugged in. So you can sit there and toast the toast and push the button and push the toast down. But if it ultimately wasn't plugged in before you did that, all of that effort is for nothing. Obviously the plugging in being that grounding practice like you're so beautifully doing in the morning with centering yourself, journaling, meditating, whatever is inspiring to you, if that's religious or spiritual books or books from your, you know, people who who you admire, who have achieved what you want to achieve, however it is. And that's so, so amazing that you are able to do that. I wonder how many, it doesn't sound like you are. I am a little bit like I've allowed my mental train to go a little bit off the rails to where it's kind of hard to concentrate. I would love to be reading right now. And I am reading a lot of audiobooks, but to actually sit down and read and actually sit down and journal is a little hard when the moment makes you feel antsy. Mm -hmm. What advice do you have for people who are at that point to get them to the point where they could do it? you know, where they like catch that edge of like a little bit more calm and then a little bit more calm, then a little bit more to where this moment is not tossing them about in the winds, but they're actually grounded in their own, you know, peace and calm. Do you have any advice for how? Yeah. So I love that. Um, so hmm. I think this kind of, your your question really reminded me of as I mentioned, trying to incorporate more meditation. So let me just kind of um, relate this to your question. So when I'm trying to incorporate meditation, or this this could go with any new habit, I'm really big on habit creation. And so any new habit that we develop, it's going to be easier if we anchor it to a habit that we already have that's like a non-negotiable. So to give you an example, I work out every day. It is a non-negotiable, you know, moving my body makes me mentally, physically feel well. So that is a non-negotiable. I can't be reached when I'm working out. You can't call me. You can't get in touch with me. It's just like one of those things that it's my time. And so what I started doing was started uh, anchoring my meditation to that, meaning that as soon as I'm done with my workout, I do a meditation. And so that's building and developing that habit. Now, I'm not perfect at it yet by any means, but I'm in the process of really developing and anchoring that habit. So I started with five minutes, you know, and it seemed like an eternity to sit there with my thoughts, which, you know, most if you use like meditation apps or whatnot, it's like, you're not supposed to think about anything, but it's like, who, who are you kidding? Like, you're not going to be thinking about something, you know, but just, qu- you know, kind of quieting mm-hmm. um, is, is so important. And so 
I think that could relate, going back to your question, to anything. So let's say your goal is, okay, you want to read, um, you know, you're, you have this great book and you're like, oh, I just can't find the time to do this. I, you know, I want to do it, but my mind's, you know, racing and I just don't do it. Well, look at your day and look at maybe what other healthy habits you have, maybe, um, or, or habits in general, maybe like you just like to get your cup of coffee in the morning and you like to, you know, sit down and, and relax or whatever, then get your book out that you want to read and read for five minutes. Like, I think we try to make goals so big. And when we want to develop habits, we, you know, we want to go, oh, I want to meditate for 30 minutes, or I want to read for an hour. Well, if you're not used to doing it for five minutes, you can't expect to initially start out doing it for 30 minutes or an hour. So the point is, I think anything you want to develop like that, take it very, very slow and know that it's the, it's the you know, small daily steps that lead to the real progress. I am literally so glad I asked you that question because that is like some of the best advice I've ever heard. And maybe because I work out every day too, it's so relevant, right? Just piggyback it on. I'm already dedicating that time for this thing that I clearly have developed a why for, that I have developed a strong practice in. Piggyback something you have a weak practice or no practice in with something that you have a firm practice in and bada bing, bada boom, you're a meditator. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So give a plug for my own guided meditations through this. I reached into myself and like, what is something more that I could do that I have the resource for, I have the skill for, I have the desire to do. So I started voicing some guided meditations, which is why where I started. If you can't be alone with your thoughts and it's nice to have a voice guide you. Mm -hmm. So I'll just give myself a little plug right there. Well, I am <laughs> but that's another way. Check those out because I love a guided meditation. Oh, thank you, Julie. Yeah, absolutely. Please do. And I'll link it in the notes. Well, I we definitely need to have you back on. You are a wealth of information and wisdom and best practices. And I love your accent and your joy to speak with. <laughs> thank so you. where you're so welcome. Where can people find you, Julie, and connect with you, which I highly recommend. Well, thank you so much. Um, I really appreciate you having me on. This was fun. And um, I'd definitely love to chat again. So hopefully we'll get that opportunity in the future. But until then, um, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Julie Davy NP for nurse practitioner. Uh, also, my brand called A Natural Shift um, at A Natural Shift on both platforms. And uh, I have a website, anaturalshift.com. And then I also have a personal website, which is just juliedavy.com. So yeah. Excellent. Thank you so much. What a yes. pleasure. Stay safe and happy and well. And we'll speak soon. You too. Hello and welcome to the program, Sophia Wiseone. It's such a pleasure to have you. Welcome. Hi. <laughs> so I would love for you to give us some context of who you are, where you live, and what this experience has been like for you, and what you're what you're feeling and witnessing and experiencing. <sighs> <laughs> I am. I'm going to go backwards through time and forwards. We're going to jump through a lot of time portals. This is what's going to happen right now. I am, they call me Sophia Wiseone. I am in a house, in a beautiful house in Asheville, North Carolina. It's not mine. Um, I, yeah, I was, um, 
bottoming out when we all collectively bottomed out together. Um, I am born and raised in Philadelphia, and I became nomadic about two and a half years ago through the process of a separation and into a divorce and into a pursuit of my wild dreams, which has been very romantic and challenging and beautiful. And um, I spent four and a half years working on a project that completed in February. And it was like, here it is, world. (laughs) And in that process, in and of itself, that process of completing it, um, really, if anyone's ever done like a massive creative project, like a huge run of anything, um, sometimes Elizabeth Gilbert says this actually, which is that like passion will take everything. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it did at the end of it did and it and i don't regret it it's just like it's just what it, it's just like i'd probably do it all again you know but it's like the lover was gone and the plan was gone and the like home that we were going to move into was gone and the money was gone and then the market you know seemingly for a moment like or like the market for the project i think is actually 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 kind of primed for my work now, actually. But um, in that moment, like the client was gone, like a big contract. And my client sat down and said, the market crashed. Like, I'm not, nope. Like, I'm going to just, you just refund that deposit back to me. I'm going to do it. And so I have a podcast and um, I got in my car and I drove to a friend's house. And then I decided to go to a podcasting conference in Florida and was just like really in this place of like, just trying to let my heart heal and and remember kind of come back to myself and I drove up to Asheville to see friends for a few days and that was five weeks ago mm-hmm. um, it was just a like a lot of loss and change <laughs> and adapting wow oh my god I my heart seriously goes out to all these people who just started a restaurant or just (laughs) launched a book or just and as you're describing this project of yours four years and it's creative and I'm sure it's of your deepest soul and essences and dreams and your greatest offering and Uh I hear you I've been in that you're braver than me because I have that same thought within myself and I'm so embarrassed for how long I've been saying I was going to do something or write a book and then the 2016 election comes and to me that was such a creative derailment and it just was like oh this isn't the zeitgeist this is the zeitgeist and it's always that like push and pull and surrender right of the universe of like I feel called to do this so I'm stepping forward now there's some kind of massive thing in the collective that like takes me off it and sweeps me over here and it's so goddamn emotional and difficult and then you're trying to like wrap all that in your psyche of what kind of person you are showing up for your (laughs) dreams and what the hell god like I thought I was like doing this and and that you were supporting me in that and now we're over here like what the hell this has nothing to do with I, I had so many things I just got my shit together and I had submitted this article or I don't even it's so full-on what this article was about it was about rape I guess I'll just say that yeah. and I submitted it to 
this famous editor at this notable publication. And just literally the next day is when things went to hell in a handbasket. And I had to write her back like, um, never mind. I'll just rescind that. I'm embarrassed. Like that has not like nobody cares about that. Maybe I'll write a paper on the privilege of hoarding for you. You know, like just it's it's just a wild one as a creative. So I hear you and thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, and your thought and your emotions and your feelings about what that's like to have four years of love and creativity that you wanted to pour out and you wanted it to be that moment. And it's a different moment. And a different it, moment. Mm-hmm. What's interesting, tell me more. Tell me more. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say what's interesting is that, like I said, it's actually like it turns out and it kind of, I'm just I'm like, hi, hi, everybody. I can be a little bit of a heavy hitter. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Nice to meet you. Um, Thinking about like that notion of like, it's we're in this place right now where now we're sitting with ourselves. So actually, like, might be a time to re like email that editor and be like, you know what, this is a good time for it's a good time to like, because people a lot of people are sitting alone in their house with their rape stories. Like that's what's happening right now. Or people are sitting alone in houses with partners that aren't safe, you know, and like, and there's a way in which what we're in right now is just confronting the life that we had before. And for some people that life, it's like, it's, I'm very connected to the blissful, blessed version of what I'm, what the world's experiencing, what I'm experiencing right now. Like my grief, my tears, my heartache is like, the epitome of like privileged landscape of like what is to be grieving. It's not hierarchical. It's not better or worse pain, but it's definitely privileged pain. Mm-hmm. And um, and the the work that I created is it's literally called I Love My Life, and it's a it's a game. It's a card game, an oracle deck, and an academy of spiritual teachings and emotional processing techniques, and like all of this stuff, like this massive body of work of like, how do you help yourself heal? How do you hear yourself? How do you become good company to yourself? And I feel like that's a lot of what we're doing. So now I'm actually having my own kind of like, as I come back around and get more creative. um, And like one of my printers is closed, but the other printer isn't. And so like navigating, like redesigning kind of all how all those things are happening. But there's a way that I just the other thing that I want to say is like the creating of the book for anybody who's like like creatives or things like that sometimes there's a way when you like launch a new brand that it's like like especially when it's like it's a spiritual practice so it's like all the things that I did not love about my life right became like starkly clear and so like I have been sitting with and truth be told I think I've talked to a lot of people I never in my adult life I think have I ever really had like legit suicide ideation i've had like oh my god this planet i'm over it you know (laughs) feeling (laughs) send me home um (laughs) is that for sure i've like really had that and i've had a number of kind of deep moments of like in like deep bottom places of just being like yo incarnation is a bitch like what the fuck like (laughs) why do we do this like why like like deep you know and for you know and uh and i know right now for me in this collective bottoming out a lot. It's like, I also have a teacher as a spiritual teacher, Tammy Kent. And she talked, she said this and I, I just, I know it's true. It's like the whole, there's a, um, in a number of different medicine practices, there's an understanding that portals open when we're born and when we die. 
right? So like a literally a portal opens, spirit passes through, portal closes, and that there's a global portal right now that's just open. Mm. And just there's just droves of just like like just just open. And so I think I've been getting this message that a lot of us are having this experience of being asked are you like are you like being like this portal is there and so we're being asked like do you want to be here like do you like do you want to be alive it's like that mortality question of like and if you're staying what are you doing and if you're going like how are you going and how are you taking care you know i think that's a i think it's showing up for a lot of different people in a lot of different ways but that's i think that's a big it's a big part of that like when we are in that place, like a portal open or that notion. And one of my practices has been to say, I want to live, to like, let that be my contemplation and be like, what is living and what is wanting? And like, what do I want to live into? And what do I want to um, contribute to? And what's the world that I want to live in? And like, do I want to live? And being like, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go with yes. I'm going to go with yes. And then I'm going to find out what, what makes that a yes, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. I think that's going to resonate with people maybe in a different way from a different angle. People might be coming from a different religious or spiritual or even atheism. But I think that that does make sense. I'm going to have to give it some thought. I hadn't thought about the portal open, but um, I'm sure I'm going to have some insights about that. And I'm interested, by the way, in your work. I think that sounds, for one, incredibly timely as well. Um, I'm always, I've got a couple Oracle decks in my cupboard. When do I pull them out? Oh, when I'm at my rock bottom, that's when I pull them out. So I'm, I'm super interested to see your work, you know, come into, you know, can I buy it? Where can I find it? Where can I participate with it? Where can I read it? Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I like what you had to say, by the way, about, um, the article, which sort of this all kind of dovetails with um, what you said about your work, what you said about the article. Perhaps you're exactly right. I hadn't seen it through that lens. And I hope other people, someone who might be listening, um, is thinking about their dreams or what, what they were pursuing that has kind of maybe come to a dead end or ground to a halt or doesn't seem timely. This time is a time to ask you to how how can you pivot from what your original intention was into some marrying your theme and your ethos and your values with the time right now and what would serve people, which is definitely what I've been finding. I, I vacillate between that and staring off at the walls for several good. hours at a time. Very good. That's my professional opinion, I want to exactly. say. Waking. Like, please don't yeah. produce like also it's, it's making me feel bipolar because it's like uh-huh. okay I can get this big burst of energy for my things my articles my writings my meditations that I voice this podcast my blog different things that I want to contribute and give to and I can have a lot of inertia for f- pivot feed it what what else can I do where can I go what if you're drawing a circle of like what you're good at what resources you have what the world needs you know what can I do and that's where these <sighs> guided meditations that I started voicing were born from and so there's a part of me on, on what's public that looks like I'm really killing it this quarantine but I, I d- it is important yes to note that I wake up and I'm I've been laying on the floor for five hours. I don't want 
to get up in the morning. I'm sleeping in. I am drinking a lot. You know, like, let's not even pretend that, like, even if you're really feeling creatively inspired or you're getting a rest or however it's coming for you, that it's also a time of grief. We are in grief. We are in collective grief. And I am in, I am grieving. I am allowing myself to grieve. I am offering myself as much grace as possible and just trying to, that's why what you were saying really resonates because I'm illustrating maybe the picture of like this. I, I, it is, there has been some depression for me that has followed this and you're trying to tell yourself like, this is just situational. This is maybe just the moment, but it is, it has arrived on my plate to choose not only to be alive, but to be alive in the way that I want to now and beyond this moment. So it's, it's, it's good, but it's hard. Like any, this is why I'm so interested as well in this moment and what is universal about it, because this moment is like the death of a loved one. It is like the loss of a job or a divorce. And then we've got those of us compounding where we were already in that moment. But what, when we're feeling a sense of loss and a sense of being lost, like what is it that we do? The road we traverse, like let's just honor it. It's fucking shit. It, it hurts. It's painful. It's sad. It's confusing. It feels like it will never end. Like this is it. This is the way life is now. And while we might cognitively know that that's not true, that's how it fucking feels. <laughs> And like, and our nervous systems are designed to acclimate. And so I think there's like a wave that's happening like right now. And I think there's something, a wave that can happen when we're going through like deep transformation griefs where it's like at week four or at week five, like, like that's not an acute, that's not a three day experience. That's not a two week experience. Like we can start to normalize and that is how we like cope. But at the same time, it's like, it can really stimulate this feeling of like, I don't want to normalize this. Like, this isn't what I want to normalize, you know, or, or a deeper, I think there's a lot of people who are having moments of, and probably having shame or confusion around having moments of being like, I do like, I like this, like, I don't like how it's happening or why it's happening or all of those things. But there's, you know, talking to some of the people that I know that are like, I know my child because they're not at school, they're at home. And like, I didn't know their personality when I didn't know them for seven hours a day, you know? And like, you know, and there's a real, there's a real like coming home to ourselves and to our lives for, I think for everybody that is always a reckoning. And there's also so much, I just, I just am such a lover of, of, of humanity and and ourselves and people of just like as as rough as it can be to come home like there's so much sweetness there especially if we're brave enough to come home to ourselves you know like it's like there's it's really pretty miraculous um and that reckoning of like the phrase that's been going through my mind a lot recently is this like if you want different results you have to make different choices it's like that kind of that notion of like, I'm living in the results of the choices that my past self made. And that's, again, that's choices. It's like, there's a lot of people who are living in the results of like, we're and we're all living in the results of a cultural 
cultural choices that we've made, you know? And so like, that's not contrary, that's simultaneous. And I think there's a huge amount of grief that's happening that I think for me, I have this like, thank God people are awake. Like this isn't new. It's not new that in the United States of America, like black people die disproportionately. That's Mm -hmm. not new. Like if someone's surprised by that information, then like, I really want to encourage you to just like take a bunch of deep breaths because there's a lot of reality that you haven't reckoned with. If this is like the first time you really get it, like that's not new. It's not new that new, like black people and poor people like die literally at disproportionate rates. And so like there's an awakening and there's a seeing a potential that is that is personal. There's a reckoning of coming home to our reality or our culture and saying like, oh, this is what we've been doing. And there's so much power in that place. There's like so much power in that place. I love that. Oh my God. We need to do a full episode because I feel like we just had such a short amount of time to gloss over like what is your personal story about your divorce and your spirituality and your work and your, you know, the things that you've been producing in your life right now. We can't get to all of it, but the great news is we've met and I just love your heart and your wisdom and your passion and your real, honest emotions. And um, I I just would love to have you back. And I'm so grateful for this time that we've had. And I know it's going to serve people. Love it. Thank you so much. Love connecting with you, Natalie. I love the, the shows that you're doing, this focus. I just, I'm excited to be sharing this episode with the other brilliant people all over the world. And I will just say like, you can buy the deck, reach out. Find yes, me. please tell us where we can find uh, you. And I'll Sophia, leave it all in the show notes too. Yeah. SophiaWiseOne.com is my website. You can find me. And I'm Sophia Wise One everywhere. That's like the in the internet land. So um, I have medicine. I would like people to have access to it. So I love that. Thank you. you. Thank you. you. (laughs) Awesome. Okay. And welcome to the show, Emma Estacio. It's such a pleasure to have you. Thanks for having me, Natalie. It's great to be here. You are so welcome. My pleasure. So I would like to get to know you a little bit better and how this pandemic is impacting you personally, where you live, your family, your situation. So the floor is yours to give us a little context of who you are and what you're experiencing. Sure. Well, I'm based in the UK. I'm in Staffordshire. So it's a relatively rural region. Um, not We're not really in the city. Um, but I'm based in the UK. I'm a mom to a four-year-old kid. And I'm also an online entrepreneur. Even if I'm a, I'm a chartered psychologist and, a, and an author, my stuff is online. So not much has changed in terms of how I run my business. You know, I support my clients online and I um, I, I have my online products. So as far as the business goes, it's, you know, it's still relatively the same. But the difference is that since the lockdown, my son you know, they they closed the school. So I had to homeschool my kid. Um, I had to find a way um, to fit my business and now with the family life um, all happening in one place. So I have to make it um, a point where I have to wake up very early in the morning, um, do as much as I can before my son wakes up. And then as soon as he wakes up, um, we do a little bit of homeschooling. I also um, try to make sure that I reach out to my family and friends um, during the day because um, even if I am based here in the UK, 
um, my my family's all over the world. My my parents are in the Philippines. My sister is in Saudi Arabia. My in-laws are in Greece, and my brother is in LA. So you know, since the uh, lockdown, you know, and because this is a pandemic, you know, it's happening all around the world. Um, I'm grateful that we have the technology to to just reach out to all of my family and and friends online just to check up on them. Um, but yeah, it's it's actually driven us closer. This is quite ironic because um, even in in the times of social isolation, you know, we don't see each other physically. We still try to connect and and make sure that all our family, our, our loved ones are okay. And, you know, the beauty of technology is that we, we can get to do that um, even during these times. That's so true. Major things to be grateful um, with the time and the technology that we live in. Do you have fears being so far from family? I certainly wouldn't want to project that you do or should or would, but that if something were happened to your parents or someone who's at a distance to you that, I mean, I guess even these ones, if it were in the same town, people are saying if someone died, you can't see them. There's no funeral, which is just heartbreaking for people. But I'm sure that fear or worry is um, magnified for people like you or you yourself who have parents in different yeah, countries, right. siblings. I, I have to say mm-hmm. that um, I, my background is in psychology and I talk about fear and managing fear all the time. You know, this is actually one of the topics of my books. You know, fear is not my enemy. And recently um, in the Chambers of Commerce, you know, I talk about how we can manage this fear. You know, if you are scared about losing your business, losing your loved ones, you know, losing your health and so on. So, Fear is a natural human experience. And I also experience um, fear myself, you know, at the start of um, this uh, crisis, you know, I was having sleepless nights because, you know, the fear was really just, the, we, we don't know what to expect. We don't know what's going on, you know, what this this is all about. So I have to say that, yes, fear is a, it's a human experience. Um, it's a universal emotion. It's not something that we really need to, be embarrassed about you know we this is something that we have to talk about and and explore where those fears are coming from and since you've asked me um for me i i don't feel scared anymore because i can see that even if my parents are far away um they know how to look after themselves um the government you know in the philippines they are really quite strict <laughs> over over there i have to say and they have things under control so there are things that i can control things that i can't control and as far as um i'm concerned you know my fear um, you know, it still comes every now and then, but I know how to talk to myself with self-compassion. Um, I know how to um, explore the fears and what I talk about in my book, you know, I, I call it the TLC technique. Um, it's about exploring your inner critic messages and asking three questions. You ask, is it true? Is it logical? Is it constructive? So if you're having thoughts like, Oh, you know, we're all going to die. You know, this is going to be catastrophic. Um, You can ask the first question, is it true? Is it true that we're all going to die? Because if you base it on evidence, if you base it on um, the fact that uh, people, you know, some people will contract it, there will be unfortunately fatalities, but there will also be um, 
recovery. So, you know, just with that first question, is it true? It sort of eases the fear a little bit, especially if you are relying um, on on evidence and, and relying on the facts that are presented to you. The other question is, is it logical? You know, just because um, it's it's growing all the time, it doesn't mean that it's going to lead to catastrophe. You know, there are trends that you can watch out for. And in terms of making your thoughts um, constructive, recognize that, yes, there is a risk. Um, recognize that the fear exists. But what can you do to... Um, to ease it, you know, what can you do to minimize your risk? So we have the advice of, you know, um, social distancing, you have washing your hands and so on. So you actually use the fear um, to, to explore where the fear is coming from because there are risks involved. When you ask the questions, is it true? Is it logical? Is it constructive? You're using your inner critic messages to um, to understand what the risks are, what you can and can't control. And in terms of what you can control, you can control your thoughts. You can control your exposure to your triggers. So if you are being, being triggered by the news, for example, you can um, control the amount of time that you spend reading the news. Or if you can't help yourself or from reading the news, you can um, take deep breaths you know, just be mindful of um, how how the the news is impacting on you and your health and your well-being. And when you take the slow, deep breaths, you can calm yourself down um, if, if you feel that you're being triggered by the news. So, yeah, there are things that you can't control. There are things that you can't control. But what I can say is you can control your thoughts. You can control your behavior and that's what you can actually um, do to remedy um, the fear if you are actually experiencing fear. Because certainly I have experienced it myself. Yes, I have too. And you bring up such a good point. Part of why I want to do this is to talk about why this, what is it about talking about this that we can learn something about ourselves and already begin to grow, already begin to learn the lesson because there's something here for us like any loss that is there as a teacher. So how can we guide ourselves into those lessons that would be relevant for our lives past this? So you took that to such a great place. And I totally, I, I hear you on the control, all the stuff with the toilet paper. I, I don't think it's because we think we're going to have, you know, diarrhea problems. I think it's because it's something we can do right. And something we can control. And obviously the the hoarding or something like that that's so outside of ourselves is trying to exert control rather than like regain the control of the ship, which is ourselves and our inner world and our thoughts. So I think that's so great what you've shared with us. And um, sounds like your book is going to be really something people should check out now, timely, but in, you know, for any situation that, um, and lots of situations beyond this, elicit fears, unreasonable, irrational, you know, situations bringing up unwarranted fears, but there they are, and they do need to be seen, witnessed, healed. Yeah, you know. and, and that's why I called my book Fear is Not My Enemy because we sort of look at fear as something negative, but fear is essential to our survival. You know, it's a universal human emotion. And if we don't experience fear, we wouldn't be able to recognize risk. You know, we feel fear because it it, it is our brain's way of telling us 
look, there is a potential risk here. Be scared. Be very scared. Because if you go for it, you might hurt yourself. You might end up killing yourself. So the fear is um, encouraging you to, to pause, to reflect on um, what is the risk, what are the potential consequences of um, the risk, and the consequences of your action or inaction. So for, you know, if, if I'm going to wear my psycho psychology hat on, we usually have automatic responses to fear because of because of our evolution, you know, the fight, flee, um, um, flee and uh, flop and freeze response. The way you respond, it's, uh, it's, it depends on how your brain is processing the information. So your automatic response, you know, you might get palpitations, you might um, get startled and so on. That's coming from your primitive brain. You know, these are automatic responses to fear. But your thinking brain will eventually catch up. And that's when you start processing, um, yeah, where is the fear coming from? What's the potential risk? Um, what are the consequences, you know, if I do something or don't do anything? And your abilities to handle the risk. So if you can see that, I oh, know it's not so bad, I can actually manage it, then your behavior will follow. So it's a matter of understanding your thought processes, how you understand the risk presented to you, and understanding your ability to handle that risk and the consequences of action and inaction. So Fear is absolutely a, a universal human experience. There's nothing to be embarrassed about if you feel fear. But recognize that when you feel fear, it is your brain's way of telling you that there is potential risk, that you have to consider the consequences of the risk and whether you're able to take it or not. Absolutely. Well, where can people find you and find your work, find your books, connect with you, follow you? Etc. Et oh, sure. Um, well, people can find my books on Amazon. Um, my my third book is called Fear Is Not My Enemy, so it's it's out in print, Kindle, and audiobook versions. Um, and it's also quite um easy to catch me on Facebook. I'm actually um very uh active on Facebook, and and one of the groups that I have is called Self Publishing Made Simple. So I help um business owners, coaches therapists, visionaries who actually have a message to share um, and, and write their books and publish their books on Amazon. And since the lockdown, you know, I've actually had a lot of activity um, in my community there. Now that they have the time to to write and, and publish their books. We've had four number one best-selling authors um, in my group over the past seven days. You know, they launched their books and they just got to number one bestseller. So it's an absolute um, fantastic time. Um, yeah, if, if you are in, in lockdown right now, it's, it's a really good time to reflect on what you need to do. And if there's a book inside you, come and join us in the self-publishing Made Simple um, community and we'll support you to get your book out and published on Amazon. Oh my God, I love that. I'm living for this good news for like who this moment is good for. And I have so much respect and admiration for these people who have the bandwidth to be creative right now. That is amazing. I, I am so happy to hear that. I mean, that's awesome. And I hope that um, anybody who is listening and feels inspired to do so reaches out and we get that great book out into the world. Well, it's been such a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for your time and wisdom and sharing of yourself. It's been awesome. Thank you for having me. I hope it was helpful. Thanks, Natalie. 
thank you so much to my wonderful guests for being here and for you. I am so appreciative of your listenership, your reviews, your ratings. Thank you for sharing with your friends. Thank you for passing it along. As I mentioned a couple of times in this episode, I've started voicing guided meditations for you, which have been so helpful in my life. And I'm going to be posting a lot more information onto my blog at natalieq.com about the why. Sometimes it still baffles me that people maybe um, haven't had the science presented or are coming at like spirituality or sorry, meditation from a spiritual only angle. And for me, this is very scientific. In a moment like this, the reason why you would meditate is because it is to train your brain so that you're flexing that muscle daily until it is very strong. And when a moment like this arrives in your life, you are not tossed about nearly as much by the winds because you are in control of your mind and you have practiced that and flexed that muscle of controlling your mind. And guided meditations, if you're new to meditation, are a great place to start. For me, I always fall back on them when my practice is a little weaker to just sit with my own thoughts with no music and no nobody telling me in my ear, you know, guiding me through the meditation experience. It's always really, really nice to have a friendly voice there guiding the experience when you're maybe too stressed out or anxious to guide it yourself, which is fine. Nobody's here to judge. And that's why I created um, these tools, which, as I said, have always been so beneficial for me. So you can find those on YouTube. Just search Natalie Q YouTube. I'll leave that in the show notes. You can find it through my blog, as well as more information about the science of meditation, the benefits of meditation. I'm on Instagram at Natalie Q. I'm on TikTok. TikTok. <laughs> That is how someone my age would say it. Um, Natalie.Q. Thank you, some other Natalie Q for taking the username. Um, and then uh, Bitch is now on Pinterest. Why didn't anybody tell me how fun Pinterest is? Um, so fun. I'm really, really enjoying making pins that encapsulate these little bits of information. I'll be making pins for the podcast, pins for the meditation, pins for the ASMR podcast, and for other blog posts that are relevant to all of these topics. In any case, thank you again. I'm so excited to be back next week with another set of guests from around the world and just talk through our feelings. Feeling is healing as per Michael Shu. Thank you for that. If you haven't caught that episode on intergenerational trauma, it's probably very helpful right now. Um, it's a couple episodes back. Um, if you haven't listened to it, highly recommend. Again, it's going through all the things we're feeling, anxiety, depression, fears as possible overlays. And I think you'll find it really, really resonant to the moment. And in any case, stay safe, stay sane. Love you so much. Look forward to connecting. Be well and see you next week.